Well, good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's good to be in God's house. It's good to be in the midst of his praise. And it's a good day all the way around, eh? Amen, amen. So we're here, and I, I hate to tell our pastors that you're not quite off the hook yet. As we, I know, like, why? <laughs> we love you. And so we love you very much. We do, guys. And I want to just uh, give us some scriptural backing and encouragement in, in how we lift up our, our leaders. So I'm actually going to go into our, our first scripture in Ephesians, and that's uh, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And we're here to acknowledge this morning that that is what our pastors do. They build us up and they look after us and encourage us. And going into the same verse in the message version, it says, and now friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who, are, who work so hard for you who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. And then in the same version in the Amplified says, now we ask you brothers and sisters to appreciate those who diligently work among you. Recognize, acknowledge, and respect your leaders who are in charge over you in the Lord and who give you instruction. Amen, amen. And that's the scriptural basis of what we've just done. And my words cannot top what uh, uh, Shauna and uh, Manoa and Elliot have shared. Um, but we just want to say to you, Brett and Charity and Phil and Stacy, Mandy and Sean, how much we love you and we appreciate you. Um, the congregation has seen what happens in your hearts. It's, it's not an easy thing doing pastoral ministry. Um, for those of you here, because our pastors, they carry the heart of who you are with them. When you rejoice, they get to rejoice with you. And then when things happen and your heart's breaking, their hearts break along with yours too as well. And it's, it's, it's a journey and it's a, a sacred and heartfelt journey that our pastors take with us. And so again, thank you on behalf of all of us in the congregation and the King's Corner family. Thank you for the way that you all love on us. And we just want to love you back and honor you and all that too. So that. So, okay, you're off the hook for a little while now. <laughs> but not so much because in this message that I, I came, that the Lord has uh, put on my heart, it's uh, like so much in scripture, it's for everyone. So there are things that you'll find in it as leaders, but there are also things as we operate in the body of Christ that we'll find in it as well. And I'm going to ask a question over and over again and give us different answers for it. And the question is today is, how did we get here? Interesting. Now, this message is for all of us, who no matter who we are in the body of Christ. And when we ask the question of how did we get here today, um, it's easy. Well, I took my car, I took a bus, got a ride with someone, took my bicycle, motorbike, I walked. That's how I got here today. 
And, you know, that's the most obvious question. And for those of you who are watching us online, you're here with us today because you clicked on, on the link and got here, right? So, but I'm looking at some of the big picture stuff that we want to look at tomorrow, this morning. And I want to share with us today that we are here by design and we are here by purpose. God who loves us has brought us here to this place today by his design and by his will for a reason. And before we jump into this some more, let's, let's pray together, okay, everyone? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are good and your goodness goes on forever and ever and ever and ever, Lord, that your love reaches down to us today. Um, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would be at work in this place. Lord, as you have animated and worked through the voices of our brothers and sisters who are musicians, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just work through my voice and my hands today as well. I am yours. I'm your vessel today to to use for your glory. Um, Lord, I pray that you just bless each one here. And Lord, I pray especially a blessing on those who have not known you yet today or don't know you yet, but we trust that even today, Someone who does not know you will come to know you today, Lord God. And so I pray that you would be at work in everything, Lord. We thank you. You're amazing and you're awesome and you're wonderful. And we give you the praise and we give our hearts to you today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 So how did we get here today? And I'm going to take us back to the beginning. I won't do all the stops, but I am going to take us back to the the beginning. So I'm going to take us to... Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. And it says about the creation of the world, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God. That's a good place to stop there. In the beginning, God. That everything that comes forth comes forth from God. And that's the first place that we want to stop. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the beginning, God created. And this is an important point because we are here right now because we are created. God created brought us here in that sense. And I'm going to remind us that, of that again. And now at the beginning of this message, it, this is a really odd place to go down a rabbit hole, but I'm going to go down a rabbit hole anyway. And in Genesis uh, uh, 1-2, it says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So I'm not sure if I'm going to, if we have a picture for, to show you guys. But I want to tell you that the Bible has proven itself faithful and true as the word of God. And some people under, complain that they don't understand what's going on in, in, in Scripture. Or like they go, like, hovering over the face of the waters, what does that all mean? And you know what? Some things are mystery. What we need to know and remember is that the Bible is true. The Bible is accurate. God gives us an account of what has happened. There's sometimes that we in our humanness don't understand what's going on. So... The reason uh, I just uh, have this picture up, this is a, a NASA uh, uh, artist rendering of a quasar, um, which is kind of a giant 
black hole. And I'm going to read you the, the quote here from, from NASA about what this thing is that we're looking at. It says, in 2011, two teams of astronomers have discovered the largest and farthest reservoir of water ever detected in the universe. The water equivalent to 140 trillion times of all the water in the world's oceans. So that's like an astronomical number, surrounds a huge feeding black hole called a quasar more than 12 billion light years away from Earth. Wow, that is, that is in, in, incredible. And uh, what I want us to remind you of that, that I'm not making a direct co correlation into to scripture and, and saying this, but I'm saying that the more that we learn about what God has created, the more we know that we don't know. And the more that we can go back and say, God knows exactly what happens and exactly what's going on and how reliable scripture is. So this is more just to encourage your hearts about the wonder of God. And I know that in that scripture, God is talking about a specific thing, and I'm extrapolating about something a little bit later on, and that's important to keep in mind. I'm not conflating the two. But isn't it neat what God is doing? Like, we see this picture of God's spirit in the earth and him hovering here, and yet in space, too, there's trillions of gallons of water that God has created in place there, too. It's just something to think about, and it's mind-blowing as well. So. so how did we get here? We got here because God spoke. He spoke to us. And in Genesis 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, And God said, Let there be light. I love it that we were just singing about that. God puts such cool things together. He said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. As we see God creating and speaking, we're going to see the character of God being light, the fact that he dispels the darkness. Um, in Psalm 33, 6, it says, By the word of God, oh, sorry, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all of their hosts. We see God speaking, God breathing. We see God creating. We are here because God spoke us here. If you read the whole creation account in Genesis, um, you'll see that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all present in the creation of things. And for those of you who are watching online after this service, I suggest maybe going back and finding Pastor Brett's sermon on creation. It's really a good one to, to, to look at, and it fleshes into this as well about how God is creative. And in John, it, it says, it talks about uh, Jesus being the Word, the Word of God. And in John 1, verses 1 to 5, it says, The Word became flesh. In Scripture, Jesus is the Word of God. And we see this parallel with the Genesis passage, and it talks about, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word was God. Sorry, let me do that again. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, not anything made that was made. And, him, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light 
shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. We see Jesus, the light of the word. We see Jesus in creation. When God speaks us into existence, we see that Jesus is there speaking us into existence. The wholeness of God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're speaking to us. How did we get here today? We were spoken here. God spoke and we are here. That's the first thing that I want you to keep in heart and mind. The second thing is, is how, we were, how did we get here today? We were also knit. That's the other way that we got here today. In Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful all are your works. My soul knows it very well. God loves you, and you are his personal creation. I want you to catch that. God created you, but you're his personal creation. When I look at the picture of the, a Mona Lisa, or I see the work on the Sistine Chapel, or sculptures, or any of these things from art from antiquity, what I see is, Design. I know that there was a painter that painted the Mona Lisa. I know that there is a sculptor that made the sculptures. I see the frescoes. I know that there was intent and design behind it all. And likewise, when I look out into the world, the universe, just like the quasar we see and the plants and the trees and the animals, and you and I, we are made in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. We are created we just didn't happen randomly, by accident. God created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Thank you, Lord, indeed. When I was in uh, high school, they, I'm not sure what the high school curriculum is right now, but when I was in high school, we only uh, looked at uh, atoms and molecules and all that stuff in science. I'm not sure if they do like nanoparticle stuff now in, at the high school level or whether that's still in university, whether you learn about quarks and all that kind of stuff too. But these are some of the new elementary particles that we found that atoms are made out of quarks and other subatomic particles and stuff like that. And this is a part of the wonder of God. And, and our, our DNA in biology, we know more now than we ever have before, is marvelous and it's fantastical and it's this complex code of instructions that is made for building us. And our DNA is represented in each cell of our body, the hand of God. When we were knit together, we were knit together by muscle and bone, ligaments and tendons, the, the color of your, your hair and the texture of your hair and skin, the, your central nervous system, your, your immune system, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, you were knit together. You were knit together quark by quark, atom by atom, molecule by molecule, your DNA, gene sequence by gene sequence, the God of the universe knit you together. Your brain neuron by neuron, he did that. You are amazingly and intrinsically designed, intimately designed by your creator. And beyond the physicality of who you are, he made your personality. You are more than just the physicalness of your body. You are mind, body, soul, spirit made by God in his image. 
uniquely, your gifts, things, your personality. You have been knit together by God. How'd we get here today? We've been spoken into to being. We've been knit. And also how we got here today is that we've been planned for. We've been planned for. The scripture I'm going to read uh, talks about God's relationship with Israel. But I know the character of our God. I know my God. I know his love and his tender care for each one of us here that he has plans for us. He has a plan for us. We're here because God has planned it. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare or good and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for us. He gives us hope. Hope, this world, there's so much hopelessness. There's so many things that try and destroy our souls, but God gives us hope. And he gives us a future, not just in this world. Oh, this is a shadow. This world is a shadow. The world to come where we finally are in God's presence, where he's made everything right, where he's wiped all the tears from our eyes, where we have our glorified bodies when we're in his presence, doing the work that he commands us to do, praising him eternally. God has that future. That is the exciting future that we all have. And God cares about the moments of this life as well in the future that he he has for us here. So we've been planned for. How did we get here? We've been planned for. Also, the answer to that question is, how did we get here? We've been called. We have been called. In Romans 8.28, it says, and we know all things God works, in all things God works for good, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. And in Galatians 1.15, it says, Paul talks about when God who has set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. We see that Jesus is calling us. We have a calling on our lives, a general calling and a specific calling. God sets us aside to purpose. Um, For our pastors, the calling is to minister and love on us and to be his his servants and and to love us and wipe our feet and to look after us. That is the calling that is on their hearts. And we each have a calling in the body of Christ, no matter what our work looks like, whether that's church work or outside of church work, especially if it's outside of church work, because you are salt and light in the world. You are the, the face and hands of Jesus and his love as you encounter the people at the grocery store in your workplace. You are the ones who love them and share Christ with them. Let's listen to that uh, Romans 8.28 scripture again in the Amplified Version. And it says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. We are called according to God's plan and purpose God is calling our hearts 
to have a relationship with him. God is calling on our hearts to be saved by him. God is calling on our hearts to do his will and to live out his design and purpose according to his will for the glory of his name. Amen. How did we get here today? We were appointed. In John 15, 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I, God speaking here, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you may ask in my name, the Father will give you. And then in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 8 to 10, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians uh, 6, sorry, Ephesians 2 passage that I just read reveals that we have been created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're appointed to walk that out in design. God created you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. He's placed you in this time and place for a specific reason, and he gives you good works to do for his glory. He has his hand on you for that. Amen. Amen. So we're not here by accident, but by design. You, you wonder about the, the times in, that we live in, that we were living in Regina in the year 2023 in Canada, and how did we get here? We see the big arc. We got here how we got here this morning, and maybe our parents or our grandparents came here. Maybe we came here for the first times ourselves. But for whatever reason, we're in this city and in this room and in this church congregation and in this place by God's design for a specific reason. And that is his will in our lives. So how did we get here today? We've been spoken here. We've been knit together here. We were planned for. We were called. We were appointed. And finally, I want you to hear this in uh, Philippians 1.6. I, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to get uh, Connor to throw up the uh, second picture there for me whenever he has a chance. Do you? No, you're going to like, what is that? Well, that's actually uh, uh, a crocodile, and that is an Australian crocodile. And what's happening is that the vet is doing dental surgery on the crocodile. So that is, that is the, the least gross picture that I could find to show to us <laughs> to make us look at right now. So, but... Our, our friend, the crocodile, is, it's a tame, well, not tame crocodile, because they're always wild, but it's a, a, a captive crocodile. And it is having mouth problems at the moment, tooth problems. What's happened to this crocodile is that, and I, I didn't have top of mind awareness with this when I was learning about it, um, I guess uh, crocodiles can shed and replace their teeth up to 50 times in their lifetime, so they have a complete sets of teeth that come back in. And what's happened to this crocodile is that has one opening for a tooth, and it had an injury or something to, that, to the first tooth that's in there, and it broke and it never came out, and 
the way God has designed the system on these animals is that a broken tooth can get reabsorbed into the crocodile and, and whatever. Yeah, I know, it's kind of gross. At least there's no pictures, Mandy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that. But what's happened in this crocodile is that something's gone wrong. And the space for where there's supposed to be something good and healthy, a new tooth, isn't happening um, so the vet's in there, and as they're going in there, and they're going like, they've never seen anything like this before, they pulled out four separate whole teeth from the one socket, plus fragments of other teeth that were just in there. And that's how come the alligator was having issues with, sorry, crocodile was having issues with infection and all that other kind of stuff. So they're in there cleaning that out. And so, yeah, the, the crocodile was having an issue because it couldn't deal with all the the unused, unnecessary things, all the broken pieces of itself that it has there. And what prompted me to think about this is that we have a space in our life for healthy things from God. And if we allow brokenness and unhealthy things to be in that space, we can inhibit God from being in that space and having something healthy be there. And I want to encourage you that as we know that we are a people who have been spoken here and a people that were knit together and a people that were planned for and a people that were called and a people that were appointed, don't let stuff get in the way. Don't let your broken pieces get in the way of what God wants to do. Don't let that get in the way of what God wants to do in bringing health and goodness and wholeness into your heart and into your life. So... Next time you look at a crocodile, you might think of, oh, yeah, I need to make sure I have a healthy relationship with God. So, anyway. <laughs> so, amen. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, also what I want to share right now is uh, a little bit of my testimony. And partway through this, uh, then I will ask the worship team and the prayer team to come, come forward here. And there's lots of different ways to talk about our spiritual story and journey. And I noticed there are different paths in mine. Is it the place? Is it the people? Um, is it what God was doing? Is it where my heart is at? And every time I talk about parts of my testimony, it ends up being different. Um, but I just want to say, for those of you here and at home, is that uh, becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is the most important and most significant thing that has ever happened and ever will happen in my life. And I just want to share just a little bit for, for you, too, that this can resonate with you. Um, I grew up in a church, and I had good teaching and, and friends and what have you. Um, but I had a, a disconnect between my heart and a disconnect between my mind in the fact that I knew all of this good stuff about, oh, yeah, this is the Christmas story, this is the Easter story. But... God got a hold of me in different ways that um, challenged me. I had some friends who had shared uh, what was the encouraging question of the time for us to think about God in eternity, that, well, Andrew, if you were to die tonight and stand before God, and God would say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And as a young teen, I could not articulate what I would say to God, you know? And I know that what we have nowadays is, Times where we go, well, I'm I'm a good person. I've done this and I've done that, and you know, and I can maybe earn my way there. I've done all these good things, God, but 
Scripture uses a phrase about when we try to bring good things to God, and, and it's a true phrase, even though it's an unpleasant phrase. It's the things that we do for, try to earn on our own and give to God, our own invented righteousness, our false righteousness, is like filthy rags. It's like not worth the, even our best humanized efforts are nothing compared to the holiness of God in that. And in understanding about why I needed God as my savior, you know, you would look and see where my heart is at in the Ten Commandments and stuff too. That, oh yeah, you know, well, you look through all the different things about um, relationships and not stealing and, and keeping God first. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute, I haven't... Uh, kept God first in my heart my whole life up to this point. And, and you might want to argue with God, oh yeah, well I haven't killed anyone, but scripture says that if you have hate in your heart directed against someone, it's just the same as, if, as murder. And likewise, you know, um, if you look at someone and have impure thoughts, that's the same as adultery. So when I looked at my own heart in light of the Ten Commandments and all of those different things in there, um, I'm lacking and I'm failing, and I have nothing to stand before God and say, hey, take me. But, but this is the good news. This is the good news. All that stuff that I struggled with as a, as a kid, trying to figure out that, oh, wait a minute, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But wait a minute, for God so loved Andrew and he gave his only begotten son for me that if I believe in him, meaning that if I trust him and ask him for forgiveness and ask him to take away my sin and if I promise to follow him, then that is the way to eternal life. You know, and I just want to encourage you here or at home, if, if you've not come to that place that God has his arms opened so, so wide for you. He loves you no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, whether you're a new Christian or been walking with him for decades or are just wondering, maybe you're like me, maybe you are someone who just grew up in Sunday school and then just lived life and hadn't thought about God, hadn't thought about Church, you know what? God loves you. God is just a heartbeat away from listening to your prayers. He is always there listening. So as the worship team and the prayer team come up, I'm going to uh, ask us to, to... We're going to sing a final song. So actually, as you're able, I'm going to get you all to stand. Thank you very much. And while the prayer team is coming into place, I'm going to uh, get you all to, to bow your heads in, in prayer. And then I'm going to ask us, I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to have a little bit of a response later. I'm going to ask you to signal back to me here in a bit. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you want us to come to you. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you. If you're listening to me at home, and or if you're here, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord, 
thank you for loving me first. Lord, please forgive my sin. Lord, I don't want to do bad things anymore. Lord, I just want to follow you and learn about you and give my life to you. Lord, I pray that you would teach me how to follow you and to know you and to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, I thank you for these things and being able to start a journey with you. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to take my sin, to live a perfect life, to die on the cross, to be raised from the dead, and to love me and save me. Lord, use me. Lord, teach me. Lord, make me more like you. We thank you for these things. And while we're still in a place where our eyes are, are closed and our heads are bowed and our hearts are full of thanksgiving to God, and we praise you in all things, um, I'm going to let you signal to me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, if you're here in the auditorium, if you would raise your hand and signal to me, we'd like to be able to. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Anyone? We'd like to talk and pray with you later on. Absolutely. And also, um, our prayer team members are here too. Feel free to come and, and talk with some of them as well. Is there anyone else who would like to? Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, Lord, we just thank you again for, um, for those who raised their hands. Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, work in our lives, we pray. We just thank you for this day and be with us as we continue to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.